to the RPC Sermons Podcast. You can join us for virtual worship every Sunday at roswellpress.org. Thanks for listening. So we're going to read this passage again together. This comes from the Gospel of Luke, chapter 19, verses 1 through 10. So listen now for the word of our Lord. Jesus entered Jericho and was passing through it. A man was there named Zacchaeus. He was a chief tax collector and was rich. He was trying to see who Jesus was, but on account of the crowd, he could not because he was short in stature. So he ran ahead and climbed a sycamore tree to see him because he was going to pass that way. When Jesus came to the place, he looked up and said to him, Zacchaeus, hurry and come down for I must stay at your house today. So he hurried down and was happy to welcome him. All who saw it began to grumble and said, he has gone to be the guest of one who is a sinner. Zacchaeus stood there and said to the Lord, look, half of my possessions, Lord, I will give to the poor. And if I have defrauded anyone of anything, I will pay back four times as much. Then Jesus said to him, Today, salvation has come to this house because he too is a son of Abraham. For the son of man came to seek out and save the lost. Friends, this is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Let us join together in prayer. And now may the words of my mouth and the meditations of our hearts Be acceptable in your sight, O Lord, our strength and our Redeemer. May your words mean more than just words to us, and we more than only hearers, but doers. In Christ's name, amen. Well, did you catch it? Did you catch it in the children's moment skit? The well-rehearsed, exciting, dramatic children's moment skit? Did you catch it in the scripture lesson that, that Carrie read a moment ago? Did you catch it in the song that Jeremiah sang that brought back memories, at least for me, of vacation Bible school days? Zacchaeus was a wee little man. A wee little man was he, climbed up in a sycamore tree for the Lord he wanted to see. It's a neat little song. And as the Savior passed that way, he looked up in that tree and said, Zacchaeus, you come down, for I'm going to your house today. I'm going to your house today. Now, I know you're glad that Jeremiah sung that song instead of me. Otherwise, we might be uh, talking about nightmares instead of memories of vacation Bible school days. But did you catch it? The skit, the song, Luke's words tell us that Jesus was just passing by. 
that he was just passing through Jericho. Did you notice that? It's easy to overlook, I think, that little detail. But it's important, for it suggests that that Jericho was a pass-through sort of place, sort of a, a rest stop on the road to somewhere else. And clearly that's a lot different from Atlanta, for Atlanta is, is more of a destination, a place to go. It's one of the top ten places where people go and put down roots. Atlanta is a place where you stop and stay, where companies locate their headquarters and where restaurants make sure they have a foothold. Atlanta's got the world champion Braves and the Hawks and the Dream and Atlanta United and the Falcons. Atlanta's got the Georgia Aquarium and the Botanical Gardens and and the Martin Luther King Jr. Park and Center for Human Rights. We've got the world of Coca-Cola, the Fox, the Zoo, the Carter Center, and the High Museum of Arts. Right here is the College Football Hall of Fame, Fernbank, Centennial Olympic Park, Stone Mountain, the Civic Center, Underground, the Historic Sanctuary. Atlanta is a destination. It's a place where folks come and stay and want to be. But apparently, Jericho, desert, desolate Jericho, was a pass-through sort of place. Maybe like, say, Macon. (laughs) Now, 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 don't get all bothered. I've got nothing against Macon. I'm sure it's a fine place. Don't send me a bunch of emails telling me about all the wonderful things about Macon, telling me who was born in Macon. I'm sure there are a lot of great things about Macon, but Macon, at least to me, seems like a go-around, fly-over, pass-through kind of place on the way to somewhere else. You pass through Macon on your way to Jekyll Island or Savannah or Orlando, a destination like that. At any rate, Luke said it, the song says it, Jesus was passing through Jericho. And on some level, Zacchaeus, the tax collector, must have understood it like that. And in fact, when you think about it, maybe even on a deeper level, That's probably the safest bet, probably the least dangerous way to have it when it comes to Jesus, to have him just pass by, to let Jesus just pass on by and certainly not plan to stop. For if you look around probably more now than in the past, it certainly seems like less and less folks are really seeking a Jesus that stops, a true lasting encounter with the Son of the living God. When push comes to shove, it certainly seems like a lot of folks just want a glimpse, a taste, a a brief look as Jesus passes by. A passing by Jesus 
seems to suit a lot of folks, maybe even most folks, just fine, it seems like. Now, it happens some around here, but, but when I was in Pensacola, one of the local funeral homes would fairly often call our church and, and ask for me or, or one of our associates to, to do a service for a family who, quote, didn't have a church of their own. And typically the family, when you'd call and talk to them, the family would say something like, well, we always meant to get to church. We retired here in Pensacola or we moved here and, and we just haven't gotten around to it. We pass by your church a lot. The building's really lovely. You, you know, God means a lot to our family, but well, you know how it is. And while I don't know how it is, I suspect it's a lot like how much my phone call means to some companies when, when I call and their automated system puts me on hold saying something like, your call is important to us. <laughs> In fact, I think what those families were really trying to say is that when it comes to faith, when it comes to committing to God in a meaningful, life-altering, personal way, they really wanted a glimpse, a taste, just a bit of God or Jesus or church. Just get a quick look as Jesus passes by. And they certainly weren't interested in Jesus actually stopping, certainly not calling them by name and coming to their house for dinner just pass on by maybe give it the traditional parade wave and and then go about business as usual no lasting deal now sure during the christmas or easter season or maybe when there's a death or or someone needs a pastor for a marriage or for a baptism <laughs> absolutely jesus passed by at those times for sure of course there's lots of room for passing prayer when there's a special or urgent need like when a loved one is sick or or the mortgage is due and the money is short or things just aren't going right or there's lots of room for earnest prayer when the when the powerball jackpot hits over 200 million you know those special times hopefully jesus will pass by at those times but no need to have him certainly not the church around all the time getting all involved in things mucking things up on a day-to-day everyday basis Little is enough. No need for anything too over the top. Luke says it clearly. Jesus was passing through. Let's leave it at that. That's what Zacchaeus thought. Maybe what he expected. Climb a tree, get a better view. But guess what? Jesus was on a collision course with that wee little man in that strange beard. Jesus marched straight into Jerusalem, 
straight to that tree and said, Zacchaeus, come down. Guess who's coming to dinner at your place this very day? And if we're honest, a whole lot of us, maybe myself often included, are too often like Zacchaeus was, too often around for just that glimpse. But the good news is we can take heart because we're in good company if that's us. For basically that's what Peter said when he encountered Jesus. Remember, Lord, go away from me. I'm a sinful man. I'm only here for the fishing. That's basically what Moses and Jeremiah and the other prophets seemed to always say when they were called. Remember, hey, Lord, I'm the wrong guy. I can't even talk so good. You got the wrong guy. Look, Lord, I'm only a boy. I don't know nothing about no prophesizing. Or me, surely you're looking for someone else. Take Mikey. He'll do it. In fact, the really odd one, the really out-of-step ones are the ones who responded like Mary did when she said, Lord, let it be according to your will. The really different ones are the ones who responded like Zacchaeus did when he jumped down out of that tree and became a changed man. The really strange ones are the ones who hear the call and in spite of all the reasons to say, not me, instead say, okay, Lord, I'm your man, I'm your woman, and then become a changed person. Now, I'm not sure exactly where, but I think it was on Nightline or some late night insomniac show like that, but I saw a story about a woman in her 80s who every week would visit a Kansas prison, a a penitentiary. And every week she would meet with a group of 20 or 30 or so prisoners. And the amazing thing is that while well over 60% of those who were released from that prison eventually committed another crime and and would eventually return, over 90% of those who were in her program, 90% of those who would weekly meet with this woman never returned to prison after they were released. And as they interviewed her and asked about that, she said, I don't know why it is. I guess I'm simply hooked on transformation. And when they interviewed some of the men, one of them said that she gives them all sorts of practical advice, that she gives them lots of hints as to how to live on the outside, that she tells them a lot of ways to avoid the pitfalls of turning back to the life of crime, but that the main thing is that she looks them in the eye and accepts them and loves them as if they were her own children, loves them as if it were really important to her that they change and calls them to be their best selves and that somehow that makes a difference. You know, maybe it was simply time in his life for Zacchaeus to be encountered by someone who saw him like that.
simply time for him to come down out of that tree and be called to his best self and, and changed. I've known people like that, people who have had that sort of instantaneous conversion experience who have one day out of the blue seen Jesus and pow been changed and those experiences are real and meaningful or maybe Zacchaeus was just going about living his life waiting for Jesus to call him you might say maybe just waiting to be asked I've known people like that too people who were just standing by, waiting to be asked to come out of their comfortable seat or out of their proverbial tree, waiting because no one had ever simply asked them before, waiting because no one had simply cared enough to do more than just pass by before but for whatever reason Zacchaeus was there on that day and was in that tree that day and when Jesus called for whatever reason he came down that day and from what Luke tells us his life was transformed that day and he became his best self that day and he was never again the same after that day that's what we know from this story but I think we also know this I think we also know that the Jesus we see and read about throughout the Bible, the God we read about and experience in the Bible and the God many of us experience in life is never, ever just a pass-by God, a pass-by Jesus, but rather is always a Lord who in every situation and every circumstance looks at us and truly sees us. A God and a Jesus who always, in every case and every circumstance, looks at us and loves us and calls us by name, saying to us, you, come down. I'm coming to dinner. You're who I'm here for. It's you I'm staying with. The God we read about and experience is a God who in every case says, I love you so much that I won't let you stay in that tree or on that pew or on that couch. For I'm a big believer in transformation. And I, for one, continue to wonder, sometimes I wonder more than at other times, what might be accomplished if more of us truly acted like we believe that, if more of us truly came down out of our trees or pews or couches and responded to that amazing love, if more of us in Atlanta or Roswell or even Macon truly sought more than just a glimpse, more than a passing look, and believe that Jesus wants to have dinner with us right this very day. Truly believe that when we celebrate this meal, Jesus really is inviting us to share with him.
I wonder what might be different. What about the church might be different? What about the world might be different? If we didn't let this day, this meal, just pass by one more time. So Randy, Carrie, Jeremiah, Ann, Katie, put your own name here. Come down. Come on down to the table today. God's talking to you, to your house, to my house. God's coming to dinner in this very place. Let us pray. Oh my. Thank you, God, for not just passing by. And thank you, Lord, that we can come down out of wherever we are, come away from whatever we're doing, and can respond to your call to us to be your people. to respond to the love that you give us so fully and clearly and can love you. Bless this meal before us and bless each one of us. We pray in Christ's name. been listening to the RPC Sermons podcast. Please let us know you're here by visiting roswellpress.org and signing our digital friendship register. May the grace and love of God be with you today and throughout the rest of your week. Thanks for listening.